You're listening to the Berkshire Football Stories podcast. Hi everybody, it's Tom Canning here from the Berkshire Football Stories podcast. This week's episode is a little bit different. We decided to have a go at recording it live. Uh, We've done one or two of these before. It was great fun. We had lots of guests come on. We had uh, Andrew Batch from Working with Inbrook. We had Jordan Blake from Woodley United. We had Ellis Woods from Berks County. And I was joined on the panel by Dan Rhodes, Walkley and Neil Maskell which was great fun. We chatted across a lot of things from the Thames Valley Premier League to the FA Cup to uh, Maiden United's brilliant weekend across all of their teams. Um, I think it's a really great listen and I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Berkshire Football's, Football Stories podcast. That started well. Um, <laughs> my name is Tom Canning, and we are live today. You can get in touch with the show in the comments on Facebook and YouTube, or you can email us direct at podcast at footballinberkshire.co.uk. Uh, we should have some people dropping in later as part of our phone-in. That could go well, that could go badly, who knows. But right now, I am joined by Neil Maskell of Maiden Edge United and Dan Walkley of Tadley Caliva. Good morning, chaps. Morning. Good morning. Excellent. It's both working. We did test all of this beforehand, um, so it's all good to go. How are you both? All well? Sorry, Neil, that's really offensive to you, isn't it? <laughs> I'll give you a clue. I watched last night's National League game on uh, live stream rather than uh, rather than in person for a change. But uh, I'm still here. I'm still clinging on. Excellent. Um, having been to Oldham, I think it's fair to say that that's probably better than going to Oldham. So, oh, that's very harsh. That's no. very harsh. Former <laughs> Premier League ground. True. That's true. That's true. And one of the, you know, it's it's also probably a ground that I'd very much enjoy. So I do apologise. Oh, you're climbing down now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, we do get an awful lot of Oldham fans listening to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. want to uh, defend them. Um, defend, offend them. Um, so, uh, Dan, and how are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Very well. I want to say it's been quite a week for Tadley, but I have no idea. How's it been for Tadley? <laughs> no, it's been good. Um, we've got no midweek fixture this week. Uh, we won on Saturday. Nice narrow victory, but a clean sheet and three points is all that matters. So yeah, it's been good. Well, it's uh, it's been quite a big FA Cup weekend. We had the third qualifying round. We had the fourth qualifying round draw on Monday. Um, unfortunately, in the third qualifying round, we lost Hungerford Town. They were well and truly beaten by Torquay United. Uh, I have experience going to Torquay United and getting well and truly beaten by the, by the team. It was a, a Bracknell Town FA Youth Cup tie, and I think that was five nil or four nil. Anyway, it was it was a, it was a nil on our side of things. Um, but we did have uh, Bracknell Town went through. They went through with a couple of last-minute penalties. I think I think that was a case of uh, and relax or and breathe either way. Um, that, that was one. I don't think they've got the greatest of records against um, Pool Town either. So they beat them 3-1 late on. Nana Owusu uh, with one of the penalties and substitute Ben Harris with the other. Um Neil, you might be best placed to tell me anything about Nana Owusu. He's not a player I'm familiar with before, but it looks like he's played for Dulwich Hamlet and a few of those. Is he, is he someone you know about? Yes, he played for Maidenhead. Oh, did he? Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, we had Nana. He played uh, one or two seasons for us, our first season uh, in the National League. He did okay. Um, bit of a fringe player. We At the time, we, he had um, Sam Barrett and uh, Harry Pritchard for kind of... Uh, uh, rivalry, as it were, on on the uh, the wing position. So he was a bit of a bit part player, but he he contributed with a few good goals. And uh, he left us at the end of the 2018-19 season. He's uh, dipped down the leagues a little bit, but seems to have uh, found a niche. And I was really pleased to see um, his name pop up uh, for Bracknell. He does seem to be one of the uh, one of the players that they've they've managed to bring in during the summer that's uh, that's really uh, done very well, which is which is always obviously great to see. So um, that was a that was a that was a great result for Bratton. They are back in the fourth round, uh, fourth qualifying round, and I think it's for the 
Now, I did check these because I missed one out, and there's a, there's a Cheltenham Town game that I missed out uh, earlier on. So I think this is the sixth time they've reached the fourth qualifying round. They've won two of them. Um, obviously, the, the big one being last season against yeah. um, Banbury. No, not no, have I got that right? Banbury United. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which uh, which was which was one of those games um, where. Uh, I, I think it, a lot went on off the pitch, and I don't think we ever really um, got any any kind of good things out of out of that one. So, um, yeah, uh, where was I going with this? Um, right, yes, yeah, so FA Cup, Slough Town. Um, then we move on to Slough Town. Now, I think um, there were a little uh, the, the the fans were feeling quite lucky to still be in the hat after their nil nil draw with Salisbury on Saturday. However, they came through on Tuesday night in the replay and. And I, I think, let's say, comprehensively beat Salisbury 3-0. Um, Johnny Goddard got two. I didn't see who got the other one. But that's uh, that's a comprehensive result. And, and Dan, I know you keep an eye on Slough a little bit to see how they're going. Um, that's obviously, a, yeah. they, they, they've, they've really picked up after a slow start to the season. Yeah, and yesterday's result, last night's result, was, like say, a comprehensive one, especially after... Um, Many of the fans thinking on Saturday probably could have gone out to Salisbury. Um, obviously, not an easy place to go. I know Salisbury haven't really hit the heights that they they are used to, but they're going well in their in their league. And the three 0 win yesterday obviously put Slough through to an away tie against Ebbsfleet from the National League. So that's going to be another tough tough tie for them. Um, but probably one they 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 could get through. To be honest, um, there has been signs from Slough this year. Um, of some positivity of them climbing up the league. There has been some results which maybe you would have thought they, they should have won. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see any reason why they can't go to Epstein and get a result or at least a draw to bring them back to Arbor Park. Cheers, Dan. Yes, that that would seem that would seem like a reasonable way to go. I mean, Slough have, have done very well in the FA Cup in recent seasons. I did uh, say that Bracknell Town are the current Berkshire FA Cup kings, and I think that's that's fair. Would you agree, both of you? Based on yeah, last year, so. I'd probably say so. Yeah, right. And um, we've got. A f- sorry, sorry, Neil, cut you off there. Yeah, they had a great run last year, and they, um, you know, they 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 played really well on the night, didn't they, against um, Ipswich? That was a really enjoyable, one of my most enjoyable games. I think one of my most enjoyable nights out last year. Um, you know, they 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 seem to. You know, I, I realise there's a few rumblings, perhaps in the background this season. They've not started fantastically, but they always seem to pull something out of a season, don't they? Uh, even when they they're do. not getting promoted in recent years, it's a it's a cup run instead. Maybe it's a cup season for them this year. Yeah, which wouldn't be the end of the world, would it? Right, we've got our first guest, uh, and it is Andrew Batt of Wokingham and Embrook. Andrew, hello. Um, Hi. Quite, quite, quite good. You're good. You're on. You've you've um, you've done your hair for the occasion, unlike myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, uh, last night Wokingham and Embrook played Sandhurst Town. Um, tell us a little bit about that one. I wish I could. But I wasn't no. there, oh. <laughs> unfortunately. Um, no, um, the day job um, meant that I couldn't actually get there. So um, it's the first one I've missed for quite a long time. But I understand they play pretty well. Um, shame, given the, um, let's say, the history between working <laughs> and the Sandhurst. Um, shame that yes. we couldn't get something out of it. But um, I think Jake would score... Oh, he seems to have frozen there for a moment. Uh, which would have been great for him being ex-Sandhurst. Yeah, um, sad to have not been there, but um, judging by the reports that I've seen, we played pretty well. Well, that's a, that was a 4-3 defeat in the Barks and Bucks Senior Cup, um, which is, you know, which is not the end of the world. Um, Sandhurst did have a couple of players, uh, a couple of Bracknell Town players, you perhaps consider first-team players. They had Ben Harris, Max Herbert... Um, just looking through the team sheet, so so not unsurprising that that um, but that that it was a it was a Sandhurst win. Um, obviously, uh, that, that's it's a it's a tough place to go. But Sandhurst haven't had the greatest of starts. So maybe I just flip to to Dan on this one because the Sandhurst are in the same division as Tadley. Um, they haven't had the greatest of starts to the season, have they? I don't think Sandhurst. No, they the, the first few open games they really struggled. Um, they were getting beat quite convincingly, but. Um, just last, I think it was last weekend, they hosted Jersey, um, who I think they raced to a 4 2 
I think Jersey were four two up with about three, four minutes to go, and Sandhurst managed to pull it back to four all. So that's going to give them major confidence going into the league league games again this weekend, and obviously last night's result as well. Get getting a win, albeit with a few Bracknell first team players in there, but um, yeah, they they've kind of tightened up their results. The, the defeats have been more narrow than they were at the beginning of the season, so. I don't see Sandhurst being in danger of being relegated come the end of the season. Um, I think there's teams below them that they will beat, especially at Bottom Meadow. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to see see how they get on. They, they look like they're progressing well. So yeah, um, I think the next few months, especially before the, I say the winter break, we're bound to have a few <laughs> few weekends of um, non-football over winter. So I think if they can pick up some results between then and now and then. Um, I think they'll be okay. Well, let's uh, let's throw it back to to Wokingham and Embrook. Uh, Andrew, what's the mood around the camp? I mean, it it seems like Wokingham have had a solid start to the season. Um, obviously, the, the the last couple of results maybe maybe have gone the other way, but and perhaps they've gone the other way just going through the results since that that five one win against Wembley. But but otherwise, it feels like a generally positive start to the season. Yeah, I mean the the, the squad is gelling well. Um, as you'd expect, it's very our performances are very hit and miss, as you say. It's very much the proverbial roller coaster. We don't know which team's going to turn up. Um, we were disappointed to lose at Wantage in the Vars. That was one that we probably should have won. Certainly on paper, Wantage aren't having a good season. Um, they were us and them two teams that pretty let's be honest, pretty poor, not going to win the cup. Um, would have been nice to have had a cup run. Uh, but, um, yeah, we, we we won convincingly at Wembley. Um, we don't know how good Wembley are. And then um, we, we lost Saturday against Chalfont. That's probably one that we should have won. Um, we had the chances, but... As a sumo supporter, you never know which which team's going to turn up at the moment. <laughs> and uh, just just to throw it to the to the to the women's side of things, that you must be really pleased with how the how the team has started off in the oh. in the development. It's obviously uh, you know we've spoken about this before, you and I off off air, and um, you you've had a, quite a solid. Uh, they've had a solid start, but they're, they're obviously there's players there coming back to it after a long time out. There's players that, yeah. that have never played before, so you must be Correct. quite pleased with how that started. Absolutely. Um, I've been fortunate to see all of their league games so far. This is the first season back in the Thames Valley County's Women's Development League. Um, so um, first time for a couple of years that Wokingham and Embrook have had uh, a ladies team. Um, doing really well. I mean, we won last Sunday against Burfield. Uh, we played Burfield pre-season and lost heavily to them. Granted, Burfield probably had a few of their first team players playing, but I'm seeing the progression week to week. Um, they're getting better. They're obviously playing more games together. And um, this weekend we are at Arborfield. Uh, that's another team that we played pre-season. So it would be good to see how far they have progressed in such a short time. And I think the other thing as well, playing the home games at Lowther, um, which Lowther Road, which is really good um previously the women's team played at uh, embrook school which obviously distances themselves a little bit from from the club but now they've got the club um we've had a few um men's supporters come down um the first match back there were a few mascots as well so we're making it trying to make it into a, an occasion an event and um it's going to be a tough season but um the girls are playing really really well yeah Cheers, Andrew. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, we'll, we'll say goodbye for now, if that's okay. Uh, I've got no somebody problem. else to bring in. So um, we'll speak See to you later. soon, mate. Cheers. Bye. Andrew. Um, Dan and Dan and Neil, do feel free to uh, to jump in with any any questions you want. Our next guest is Jordan Blake, who is the Woodley United oh. manager. Hello, Jordan. Hi, guys. How are you? Very well, very well. Thanks for coming on. Good. No um, good to see you. I, I guess I wanted to just start with um, what have ours run? so far yeah you know so far you know i think it's uh yeah we've won one two in the vase so far so you know the furthest in woodley's history which is 
which is fantastic, you know, and, um, you know, I think it's credit to the guys behind the scenes. You know, I think obviously we get kind of the plaudits on the pitch, but I think, you know, there's been a lot of, um, you know, good stuff happened over the summer, um, you know, to kind of improve the environment for the players, et cetera, to make it, I guess, even better than it's been previously. So, you know, we, we're just kind of seeing that rewards at the moment. But, yeah, we look forward to Virginia Water, I think, the end of the month to 21st. So it'll be a tough test, you know, but it's uh, all or nothing, really. You know, it's, we've got nothing to lose at the end of the day, you know. Definitely. And then we go and uh, yeah, see what we can do that that afternoon. I saw Virginia Water a couple of weeks ago, obviously just before they changed their manager, and yeah. and, and they are good. They yeah. Are, uh, I, I, well, you you'll have seen them already, I'm sure. But I've uh, watched a couple of videos on them already. Yeah. yeah. So I'll start to put some plans in place. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it'll be it'll be a tough afternoon for us. You know, there's no doubt about that. But you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, it is what it is. You know, I think it's a good challenge because you know some of our boys want to play higher at some point in their career. So I think it's a good challenge to play against a team that. I would imagine will have been in the playoffs this season, you know, or there or thereabouts in the playoffs at uh, step five. So, you know, yeah, it's a great, great challenge for us. Neil, you had a question. Yeah, a very general one. Jordan, um, good good morning. Um, I, can, I can speak as a bit of a occasional um, Woodley uh, <laughs> uh, sort of watcher. Um, one of my local teams, good club, a lot of time yeah. um, for um, Mark Rosier. Really good to see how well you're doing this season. Obviously, lots of games in hand now yeah. um, to squeeze in, one of which is on Tuesday. So that might yeah. be my first visit of the season. I guess looking, look, looking through your squads, I mean, there's lots of familiar names to me there uh, in terms of players that you've had. You know, it, it doesn't seem like a huge turnover of players on that basis. Lots of familiar names that I've seen play for you before in recent seasons. For a, a team that's struggled um, in the last maybe three or four years, a little yeah. little bit at times. Where's the improvement come from? What have you done? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, you know, I I was I got the job, you know, not this summer, the summer before. So I've been in the job about 18 yeah. months nearly. And I think, you know, I always sort of look at it and think in two-year cycles, you kind of get a group together and then kind of keep them together. And then in the second season, give you a real chance and actually, you know, kicking on and, um, yeah, you know, being more successful. So I think that's probably what it's come from. You know, I've managed to kind of work very closely with some of my network in terms of like Simon Johnson at Reading City. He's given me a couple of players that probably aren't ready for that level yet, um, you know, that need to just play week in, week out. So Connor Richardson's one of them, Connor Sucklin, those two have been on fire this season so far. Um, and then kind of, you know, people that I know around the local area in Reading. But I think, yeah, kind of keeping the group together, you know, I look at when I got the job, I think there's only two or three players left from that season uh, before I joined. So, you know, we've had a massive turnover and then, you know, I added two or three more in the summer. Um, and then the, the group's really, really settled. You know, we've got a great group in terms of on and off the pitch. We all get along. You know, there's no bad eggs if you want or anything like that. So, um, you know, it's been really, really enjoyable. And, you know, the players are buying into what we're trying to do um, across the football club, which is great. That's good work. Well done. I hope it uh, continues. I hope I can get down Tuesday and yeah, absolutely. Good see, see what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll be great to see you. Jordan, I, I know um, the 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 ground at, at the Rivermore uh, or Scours yeah. Lane, as it will always be to me, and I'm sure it probably yeah, is to too. you as well. <laughs> yeah, um, that that's improved. Someone was saying the other day. I was, I was talking to someone the other day. I think it was uh, one of the one of the Windsor fans. I was watching Windsor against Burfield, and he was and, he, and I said, oh, "I quite like going down to down to Scours Lane." And he he looked at me in absolute disgust. And <laughs> and, it, and and as I as I as I talked to him a bit more, it, it, it kind of turned that he he'd not really been down there in in no. sort of ten years. Yeah. And it, it's changed, hasn't it? And I, and I couldn't Massively. really put my finger on it. But but you're on the ground there. What what has changed? And and, and I suppose we're talking more about Reading City here. But as the tenants, you you kind of you probably have a little bit of a say, or at least you you know you can see what's happened. So what, what's changed for you? What makes it so much yeah, better? I think I think the investment on the pitch. I think they've invested a lot of money over the pitch, especially the last couple of years. I think Martin Law, obviously the chairman of Reading City, I think has consciously made an effort to invest in the pitch. I think for both parties. Um, so I'd say that's definitely improved. You know, I think night and day, if you look at probably the pitch to what it was two or three years ago, you know, um, yeah, it's completely different to what it was. I think even like the home dressing room now, you know, I appreciate you guys probably wouldn't be in the home dressing room, but the home <laughs> dressing room is, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, they've really, you know, furnished it really well. They've got everything in there now and actually, you know, just freshen the place up, you know, I think tidy up around the, around the ground, et cetera. So, I think all in all, I think Martin and, and the rest of the Reading City, you know, board, et cetera, are just kind of doing bits slowly but surely. You know, I think that's the way that it seems that they've always done it. And I think it's, it's, it's working, to be honest with you. I think year on year, they're trying to grow and develop from, from that side of things instead of just throwing all the money in the player budget. I think it's more about 
you know, where can we improve this off the pitch so that it's sustainable longer term? You know, because as you guys know, and we all know that they have a number of finals at the end of every season, Sunday yeah. leagues, etc. So, you know, I think bringing that community element back to Reading City, more, even more so probably, I should say, um, is great, you know, and I can, I can definitely see that. And I think, you know, long may it continue. Um, so, yeah, you know, brilliant job, Martin, and that's done so far. Um, Jordan, just be just before we just before we let you go, because uh, yeah. I, I need to, I know Dan's got a short uh, short turnaround. I need to ask him a question about the Thames Valley Premier League yeah. um, before yeah. <laughs> before he finishes. Um, but do, what what's kind of Woodley's aims for this season? Because obviously it, last season I think you started a bit like a train. You started, if I remember rightly, you started really well, and I think yeah. I saw you guys at Eversley, and it really didn't go so well that particular day. Yeah. Um, and 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 you kind of you had you had a lot of players in and out and and that what what's the aim for the for the rest of this season and and, and assuming yeah. you want to move into next season? Yeah, I think it's a good question. I think um just you know to improve you know I've always said to the players I think you know if we finished twelfth last year so I think you know can we get into the top ten and you know head towards the playoffs? I think that's my ambition as a manager to try and get us to the playoffs. You know, yes, it's a difficult task. You know, there's a a number of teams that have got you know quite a lot of money at our level to try and get out of it. So it will be a challenge. You know, considering. You know, Woodley don't have any finances anywhere near some of the teams. So, um, but my ambition is to get, to get us to the playoffs. You know, that's that's the ambition. Um, you know, we've had a great run in the Vars and that's what I said at the start of the season that I wanted us to get us to the first round proper and kind of create that history for the club. So, you know, that's kind of a tick box done already. Yeah. But, you know, now can we go on again? And I think as we head into the winter months will be the key the key thing for me. And that's what I'm trying to get across to the players, etc. cetera. So, um, yeah. Jordan Blake, thanks very much for, for your time. Thank thanks you. for coming on and good luck to Woodley for the rest of the season. We'll hopefully see Cheers, you down there. Thank too. you. Bye-bye. Cheers, mate. Bye. Oh, that's going well. We've had two guests already. I love this. Let's see if anybody else <laughs> pops on there. It's usually after 12 o'clock. So, Dan, I mentioned a um, Thames Valley Premier League question. We had a really good question. I, th- I think it's a really good question. I think it, you know, it yeah. speaks not just to the Thames Valley Premier League, but the rest of football um, below kind of a certain level. And, and so this is Jeff from Maidenhead Town. Lots of people will be familiar with Jeff. Um, Jeff says, the heavy score lines at local level suggest more teams struggling than ever, with five teams folding in the TVPL since August and now a possible seven-team Division 4, plus one mm-hmm. Prem club folding uh, and another in doubt. Uh, does this further support the struggles below Step 7? It seems established clubs are now really benefiting as the setup of second and third teams for the likes of Binfield, Marlow, Penn, uh, Hollyport and Reading City, all probably subsidised by grounds, crowds, first and youth team setups, are harming one team clubs who can't compete. Is that Dan? I've just recently discovered apparently you're also the chairman of Westwood something. What's that? Tell me about that first. No, and not, then... not me. I, I know oh. the, man, uh, the manager, the chairman uh, of Westwood. Okay. Um, yeah, so I used to go to football with him um, a fair bit, but. I did I did pose a question to him before I came on and and he did he did say that he kind of agrees with that statement um that one team club I know they've got two they've got reserves but kind of clubs that aren't affiliated to those that are in higher levels of the non-league pyramid um as you mentioned Reading City Binfield under 23 Reading City under 23s Marlow under 23s Hollyport um Taddy Cleaver reserves as well, obviously benefit from us being at step five. Um, and I think a lot of it is down to financials and maybe the club support um, along alongside players as well. I, I, Reading as a whole, I, I'd say, is, is obviously quite a massive catchment area and there's a lot of clubs in and around... Um, step or obviously step four down all the way down to to Thames Valley Div one, Div two, Div three. So there's obviously a limited number of players for these clubs. And if you're yeah. not getting the money and the crowding and the funding, um then then teams are going to struggle. Um obviously Westwood as as an example are doing well in the Premier League and in Division One as well with their reserves. Um same with Reading YMCA but the yeah, the, the standalone clubs. I mean, Raysbury pulled out at the beginning of the season before it started, and now, like you say, SB Phoenix have pulled out of the of the Premier as well. So it's um, is that out of the it's Premier? It, I, think, I, think it, I think it's Hurst. Oh, Hurst. Apologies. Um, um, so yeah, the, there obviously is struggles, and I do think most of it is financially. Um, the cost of living's gone up everywhere. 
which is obviously a knock-on effect to the the price of putting games on. And if you're not getting people through the door, I know obviously at step seven and below, not many teams charge, but mm. it's the external income if you've got a clubhouse, if you've got sponsorship. Um, and if you're not getting that, then then there are going to be struggles. I think there's there's a, there's a couple of interesting things that I thought about the about what what Jeff sent in. I think the one thing I do think is that um, he he mentioned subsidised by sort of grounds and crowds and stuff. I'm not sure the, the the crowd part of it. I mean, Dan, you know, you and I go to a lot of lower low level football. I'm not sure the crowds the the money that crowds are paying really gets too close to to helping helping too much. It, it probably just covers the first no. teams, um, but. Uh, I, I, generally speaking, I, I I agree with the rest of what of what Jeff has said. I I, th- I think though I was thinking about this as a like a slightly larger, uh, like a, a, a slightly more over bigger overview to it. In that it seems like the the kind of the the professionalisation of grassroots and non-league football seems to be getting lower and further and further down. And what I mean by that is having to have exacting facilities. You know, having you know sort of the the kits the sponsors everybody you know the even just down to the social media posts everything is becoming more of a kind of it's not professional absolutely not but it's becoming a more sort of professional style and and I wonder if players look at that and they go maybe more towards a sort of a, an established club as opposed to one that's that's kind of just popped up I don't know if that comes into players heads but but I, I would imagine that 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 kind of professionalization of of lower league football has a has an effect on that as well mm. and, and where you're I mean and because certainly Maidenhead Town will benefit from playing at Bisham Abbey from from the facilities they've got there and in fact it's it's one of the benefits of the joining the club that, that Jeff talks about very very regularly um so so that kind of but that kind of professionalization of a club whereas you know the 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 sort of where you go to kind of have fun with your football is probably still Sunday league, but even that, to an to an extent, is becoming a little bit more professional as well. Everybody's doing graphics, mm-hmm. everybody's doing signings, everybody's doing all of this stuff, and maybe maybe that's maybe that's part of it. I just also think, um, in terms of of, of divisions getting smaller, I don't know. I, I meant to do some research on this just before we did it, but I don't know if there is many. Um, competitions that have at step seven that have four divisions like the Thames Valley Premier League does. It's also competing with a, a newly relaunched East Barks Football League, and you've got a couple of clubs that left for the Hellenic League as well. So yeah. it's not it's not like there's not competition for clubs around here either, as well as players. So I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not really sure that answers it. Um, I, I guess we're just trying to put a, put a couple of points across there. But um, Dan, I'll let you have the, the final word on that. Do yeah. do you? As you're, you're, a, you're kind of, you kind of, do you, you sort of play at that level as well? So, um, how, how does it affect you to, directly? Yeah. So, I think touch on the professionalism side of it, as you were mentioning, it is becoming, like you said, you're looking on social media, and pretty much every club now has that um, presence online. I personally, for me, it was always tabby. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, obviously, we're one one club town. Um, we do have Silchester and Aldermaston obviously close, but um, just growing up, that's that's all I've known. So, but if you're looking in terms of let's use Reading as an example again, um, where you do have a lot of clubs to choose from in in quite a small area, I, I do think it sways players um, because players that want to move up the levels, especially younger players, if their name is being exposed on social media, if their clips of their games are being exposed on social media um, and they're playing well, then it can obviously catch the eye of managers at step six at, at the higher levels of step seven. So I do think that would sway it in terms of the Premier Divisions in step seven. Moving further down, um, I just do think it is down to maybe... I don't know if the leagues or the FA expecting more from that kind of um, the ground grade and the amount of volunteers. There's only so much people can do with their time. Um, and I think that is one of the main reasons. Cheers, Dan. I know you have got to go. So I shoot. will. Yeah, apologies. Um, but, no, that's um, all right. That's all right. Um, we'll have to, we'll hold on to our West Barks chat. Uh, for for um, another time. So, um, thanks for joining yeah. us, Dan. Appreciate it, mate. Thank you very much. Take care, Cheers, Dan. Neil, it's just you and me now holding the fort. Indeed. Um, Indeed. 
So uh, you were going to we, should we go back to the FA Cup? Um, of we we obviously we had um, we we've got uh, we've got two sides through. We've got Maidenhead United through, and perhaps you can talk to us a little bit about Maidenhead United's efforts in the FA Cup in recent seasons. But we're also going to talk a bit about Maidenhead's weekend as well, which was rather good. Um, mm. But you know a bit about Slough's opposition, Ebbsfleet United. Um, and uh, I believe you know a bit about Salisbury as well. So, so do you want to talk us through Ebsfleet, Ebsfleet first? Ebsfleet first, yeah. Um, <laughs> for Maidenhead fans, a bit of Hobson's choice there. Uh, Slough or their old rivals, uh, Ebsfleet, to win. Now, that should be a really good game. And look, Slough got a good chance there. Uh, Ebsfleet, we haven't played yet this season. They're back in the division um, after a few years out. But looking at their recent form, Tom, they shipped five last night against... Uh, Eastleigh side that's uh, a bit of a curate's egg, really, in, in our division. Uh, they shipped six at a very good uh, Altrincham side a couple of weeks back. Their form's not great. It could be a really good time for Slough to play them. Slough, so, um, you know, they can go there with, um, with, with you know, pressure off an away game. And um, I think they've got a really good chance in that one. And, uh, and, and what about... Um... What about Salisbury? Salisbury have gone by the wayside, haven't they? It's um, you're referring mm. to Dagenham for Bracknell. That's who you mean, isn't it? Sorry, yes, sorry. That's my, no, sorry. I, I realised what. <laughs> yes, Salisbury, Salisbury out on the Slough, and Bracknell's yes. uh, win against Paul has given them Dagenham, and again the same with ah. Pies. Uh, if top, I was hoping because, to get, uh, if I was hoping to get picked up for a role, for a presenting role off the back of this uh, live <laughs> podcast, it's not going to happen, is it? I am well, still unemployed. Any if anybody's listening. You're not going to get any votes in Oldham after your uh, early uh, ticket there, <laughs> are you? So, um, um, no, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's again, you know, look on paper, Dagenham should win that, but they're not flying at all. They they, they are struggling. They are one of, unfortunately, only two teams that uh, Maidenhead have managed to get the better of and take three points off this year. We beat them one nil um, at York Road at the end of uh, at the end of August, and they looked. Not quite really the Dagenham side, perhaps of of the past. That's that's a really good tie for for Bracknell. Okay, again, you know, in theory, you'd rather avoid the um, the, the step one teams in the fourth qualifying round. Of course, you would be at home against a former league club. Dagenham will bring a, a few spectators. That's going to be a really good tie um, down there at Bottom Meadow. And again, look, I'm not saying Bracknell will win it, but you know they've got a chance. Dagenham are not flying and. Um, now those are perhaps the if you are going to uh, get some sort of giant killing, that's uh, that's one to look at potentially. So some real possibilities there for for yeah. both of our teams, um, which which is really good. Um, now Neil, we had a really really good weekend for Maidenhead United. I can't think of anybody better placed to talk about Maidenhead United uh, than your good self, except maybe Dev. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't think um, I don't think we're getting. Uh, Dev on a on a podcast anytime soon. Well, Dev probably bless him won't be able to help much with the women's and futsal side of, true, uh, of true. the club. He's got he's got enough to think about. It seems a little odd, doesn't it? Saying talking about good weekends because last night's um, game at Oldham um, was our tenth without a win. You know, all specialists. Um, and and last night at Oldham for the last half an hour we were we were on top and we were um, that you know they were they were hanging on there they're they're in good form as well so um, but the weekend was a good one as well as I say the form's been difficult for the first team um, and yesterday's goal against Oldham was only our third in fifteen hours of football which is uh, quite <laughs> a struggle to quite a struggle to watch at times, but the, the guys aren't shipping a lot of goals at the other end. Um, so we're in games largely, um, which you have to be uh, with, with, with that sort of struggle in front of goal at the moment. So on Saturday, we welcomed Chesterfield. Um, the run then was eight games um, without uh, without a win and, uh, and a number of defeats in a row. Um, league leaders. Um, uh, but You've spoken before of a Devonshiring. It wasn't quite a Devonshiring this time. <laughs> um, we took the lead against um, Chesterfield and we played great. Uh, they pulled a goal back um, with uh, with half an hour left. And 
in that last half an hour. It, it really could have gone either way. And perhaps in the last five, ten minutes, it was probably ourselves more likely to win the game. So, you know, we're 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 battling away. We're outside the bottom four as it stands. It's going to be a long season, as, as usual for us. But um, we played really well against Chesterfield overall. They had won their previous seven games. And they won again last night. I was talking to one of their media people before the game. And he said, uh, as much as he hates coming to Maidenhead United because they've never won there, um, he felt that <laughs> if they did win on Saturday, that would be proof of what he thinks, that he's absolutely adamant they're going up. And, and you know, good luck to them, uh, a good club and a big club at this level. So that was a, a positive start to my weekend. Um, we also had... Um, Good results for our two uh, brand-new futsal teams as well. Our women in Tier 2 got a uh, very credible draw, which was good. And our men have recorded their second win uh, in three games. Um, they played uh, Wessex uh, at home at Gunnersbury. They were 2-0 down, and they came back to win, win that 4-2. It's their first ever season in the top flight of uh, men's futsal uh, in this country. So... Um, you know, to get two wins and one draw from their first three games was great. I was following that via Twitter. Unfortunately, I tend to be double booked with games left, right, and centre. <laughs> um, on Sunday, whilst the uh, whilst the men were playing in the futsal, the Maiden Edge United women were playing uh, the older form of the game, the 11 aside form of the game, with two home matches, which is very difficult to uh, uh organize and get volunteers. Tiers for. Um, I'll start with our development team who played at, at Hollyport, which is their their home ground um, this season. Um, they played only their fourth ever game in existence, Tom, and won yes. uh, through in, on penalties for a second time, um, which was um, brilliant in the in the uh, the Women's National League Cup. They uh, they were two 0 down against uh, London Seawood. Uh, brought it back to 2-2. The resilience of this young group is brilliant. Um, the you know the it's almost like they've got no fear because they're a brand new team and uh, they've done brilliantly to get through there. Uh, meanwhile, over at York Road, I enjoyed watching nine goals go in, oh, uh, nice. nine goals in ninety minutes as opposed to three in fifteen hours was uh, was was good <laughs> to watch uh, against a side that was struggling in our league, Chelsea. We can't um, run away from that. That was in a uh, plate competition game. So, yeah, all round a good weekend. I hope I've summed that up uh, well enough. And uh, yesterday for the first team was, was positive as well. So, hoping for a better month in October. Fingers crossed. I mean, that the uh, I, I saw a couple of the goals, uh, and obviously Imogen Fisher got a couple of goals for the for the women's first team at the weekend as well. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we made a we made a big deal of that. But you know, Thank suddenly you. trying to get nine, all nine players on a on a square <laughs> yeah. graphic to to show off. Uh, so we, we had to pick one, but that was that was obviously a really good uh, and really solid result for them. So uh, fantastic yeah. stuff. And I, what I didn't realize until quite late was that it was a cup game. They will still have to play Chelsea. Uh, in the league, so uh, we we played the once in the league already. So we we beat uh, okay. five 0 at York Road. We uh, now nine nil. As I say, they're struggling. Um, you know, talking to their people afterwards, they're out on the limb a little bit as a club. Chelsea, uh, they're in the West Division and they're the furthest yeah. southeast in that. It's difficult for recruitment, and they're doing an overnighter for Torquay next week, which Ooh. shows the. Um, and that's <laughs> not going to be a cl- that's not going to be a club awash with money. And it's interesting, Tom, talking, you know, listening to your conversation with Dan about clubs folding. I think the women's game has real concerns. Uh, sort of um, even step four that made the player and below. We saw a side that we played uh, last year. Uh, Lark Hall uh, were one of the two teams relegated. They started their season at step five and they've um, folded. And it is a concern. Um, just, I guess, the availability of players in the long journeys. And um, yeah, I don't really think there's an easy answer to that one. No, there isn't. There's a certain level of commitment you've got to have to to, mm. to want to play at that level. And 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 when those games are all going on on a Sunday afternoon, um, it's that's unhelpful as well. I, I, you know, that it's 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 the age old. Uh, it's the age-old problem that we we've talked about on this podcast many many times, um, and that's sort of the the two p.m. Sunday afternoon kickoffs are not 
yeah. really conducive to they're not helpful to anyone if you want if you want to watch an FAWSL game you if you want to watch a professional game and you play you just can't so you can't do it. um it, That's right. it's an it's an age old problem and i don't really see anybody doing anything about it at the moment so um no i don't see where we go from that one and um no. you know it, it's 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 very difficult and, and and there's more to it than that as well um so you know the maidenhead team. Um, you know they're not paid any expenses or any any wages. Uh, we just don't have the the infrastructure for that at this stage. So the guys train twice a week, their own time and money to get to uh, to training. Uh, they travel to the likes of you know Torquay and Exeter uh, on a Sunday. It is a labour of love. Uh, yes. We're not going to be competing at the top. Uh, end of the division for that reason, because um, the likes of Exeter and Bournemouth have, have, which is a great thing. They're investing money in women's football, right? So you know, yeah. there's, there's you, yeah. you can look at that and be envious of it, or, or be, or admire it. And, and I do admire that they're they're, they're uh, they are investing in women's football. We're not quite in a position to do it, so it is a labour of love, and um, that is a shame. It it it, because, it is. You know, um, women's football in this country is flying, um, but the. The answer is money, isn't it? As usual, yes, as 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 it always is, and I and I'm not sure how yeah. how we get to a to a point where that where that changes. Um, no. But but there there we are. Unfortunately, we're not going to solve it on on this podcast, which is which I, is a shame. I've never solved really. <laughs> I've never solved any problem in my life, Tom. I just uh, I just point them out and then sit back, <laughs> <laughs> sit back and hope someone else sorts it. Well, I mean, I mean, exactly. well, well, let's um, let, let's just talk. We've, we've had a couple of comments from Samuel Lydiard. Uh, for he's a Hungerford Town fan. Um, I have invited him on. He may pop up, but he said um, he had some comments about Hungerford. Uh, it was always mm. going to be a period of transition with dropping down to step three recruitment. was better in the summer than 2022-23, or, although results on the road have been poor. I think you can you can, you can understand results on the road being poor, can't you? Can't you, Neil? Um, he would say, he says, would take a playoff place this season, but would be very difficult in such a competitive league. Very disappointing to exit the FA Cup in the manner in which we did over the weekend. Mm. Um I, I think that that Hungerford, I think, yeah. were were a side. I saw we... Danny Robinson's. Sorry, we're talking over each other, there, Neil. Talk. Do you want to? Do you want to go? Yeah, apologies. Sorry for talking over you there. Um, saw Danny Robinson's interview uh, after that uh, first half, and I think he was exasperated, wasn't he? They were seemed to be in the game for sort of twenty five minutes, and then to concede five. Uh, the game's gone, isn't it? And that's such a great trip down for, for the Hungerford supporters. And, uh, OK, look, uh, again, one of those, perhaps the tie you wouldn't have picked out, um, you know, in terms of difficulty. Um, so they, their results seem to be very unpredictable, don't they? It's uh, frustrating for them. They do. But but that is such a tough division. It's mm. such a tough division, the Southern Premier South. Um, yeah. You can... You can you can kind of look at look at all the teams in there. There's some there's some brilliant teams in there. You know, I mean, Chesham United are are, are a team that, that Danny picked out on a podcast with us earlier in the season. But you know, you know, even even Bratnell aren't having it all their own way, which which is is it goes to show how difficult a division it is because all those teams have got good players. And in a in a league situation, it's an obvious thing to say, but someone's got a someone's not going to not everyone can win it, and and uh, you know all of that kind of thing. So. Um, it, it's a it's a tough division to get out of, and, and Hungerford are they'll have a better this season than last season, that's for sure. Yeah, I think again that's another club that's been used to success, isn't it? So you know yes. they've they've come up to the the national south, and you know um, their uh, their first season they were on the edge of the playoff places, and then they've had yes. some seasons of struggle and some seasons of COVID, as we've all had. Yeah, um, and it's been a gradual kind of step down. Um, perhaps in, in league position for them. Um, so there was perhaps a bit more expectation there. And um, uh, it is hard going down. And with all due respect to um, to Danny, whose track record is great, um, you know, that's a side that's been used to not winning games. And you step down yeah. a division and you make you tinker with players, but there's still, you know, it's, it's, it's not been a winning team, has it? So it, it is hard. Um, and I imagine there's probably some real hefty budgets there. Tom, with some of yes. the clubs you speak about, and uh, I'm sure Hungerfords won't be at the top uh, top two or three in that league. So uh, again, what they can recover out of the season, hopefully a, 
a playoff place and you know keep everyone interested and excited and that chance of uh, getting back up to the south again. Excellent stuff. They also they they was um, sad to have to report this, but there was a break in at the club uh, this week, um, which is which is always frustrating, angry. All those all those words, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that just yeah. just doesn't it, it it just makes makes everybody angry, and um, I'm I'm not sure what you can. There's not much yeah. you can do to to stop these things if if people want to get in, but um, you know, if if anybody has anything any any way they can help or support Hungerford in um, in recovering from that, uh, I know they would certainly appreciate it. And you can jump on their website or get in contact with them. Um, I'm sure all help would be very very welcome. Um, I want to talk FA Youth Cup uh, in just a minute, but uh, I do have a message from Ellis Woods. Uh, which we just put up on the screen. He says, afternoon, been listening in the office. Hopefully he's got it uh, loudly blaring to everybody who is listening. And they're wondering what on earth they're going on about. Uh, not sure about that shirt, Tom. We'll get you a box one next time you head over to East Berkshire. Now, there's two things I want to pick up here. Firstly, I'm wearing a Cavendish United women's shirt. Why do I know it's a Cavendish United women's shirt? Because it's got the FIB logo on the back, uh, which was something I was going to do at some point. And I will just show you, bear with me. I have got a shirt on underneath. Don't worry. <laughs> da, 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 da. Wow. What a guy. Put my headphones <laughs> back on. There we go. You see, just there. Just on Brilliant. there. N- nicely placed on the arse. Your own... <laughs> Set your own comment there accordingly. Yes, that's a I great don't know shirt, that, isn't it? It's a it's a fantastic shirt. They uh, they very kindly yeah, sent us uh, sent us one over. Um, and uh, I always get confused. Ellis always refers to Box County as Barks, and it. I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> I feel about this. I've always had a problem with him talking about them like this, and I don't mind bringing it up in the podcast now. They are the swords. That's what you call them, the swords or Bark. It's, here he is. Right, he's gonna. He's here to defend himself. Shall I let him? Name, Tom Barks County. They're Barks. County. They're county. They're not Barks. You can't call a team Barks. It's entire. It's entirely wrong. He's here. Hello, Ellis. How you doing? Can you hear me? Okay. I'm in a yes. shared office. So I don't know how the good the volume is going to be. You're all good. You're all good. How are you doing, mate? Yeah. Yeah. All good. All good. <laughs> loving loving the uh, the arse shirt. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like all those years ago uh, when uh, Arsenal had. Do you remember when they had that shirt with Arsenal written on the uh, on the bottom of the back yeah. of the shirt? It seemed uh, yeah. seemed wildly inappropriate. So uh, very so much, um, very much Barks County, mate. Definitely not Barks. <laughs> it's Barks County. Barks, Barks. Anyway, um, Ellis, how are you? Notts County, isn't it? Notts County. Yeah, that's Notts that's, County that's don't how like yeah. You don't you don't call them Notts. Exactly. You don't call them Notts. No. What do you, Ooh, no. What, do you, what do you? Well, it's weird. Like we've got. Because of because the the club split like junior senior and then they were merged to make Barts County. So previously it was Sunning Hill Saints and Bracknell Rovers. They yeah. were the Swords. So it yes. they so it's because it's like developed over time um, that they've got like various different name naming conventions. Um, but yeah, they seem to uh, seem to go down well with the kids being called County, just County. <laughs> Do you know? Do you know what? I'm going to roll back on this whole thing. It's your football club. You call it what you like. <laughs> Not my football club. I'm just making it. Yeah. Um, Ellis, are you getting any sleep? No, no. Uh, very much sleep deprived. No, it's not too bad. I'm in a really privileged position that uh, he's feeding uh, naturally. <laughs> naturally. So um, yes. I'm uh, I'm off the hook a little bit, and but still a, like a mind blown experience. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine you right now. Obviously, people if people are just tuning in, you haven't tuned into a dad's podcast. But um, just bear with us for a minute. It's you feel completely useless, don't you, while all that's going on? I am a glorified cheerleader at home. Like, <laughs> I said to Libby last night that I am uh, I'm there for comedy effect and comfort. I'm not here for anything functional yes. at the moment, uh, which is a which is a nice. It's an okay place to be. Yeah, all good. Yeah. Um, but listening in, really good show. Well done, mate. Cheers. Well, we've we just thought sometimes uh, I know when a few people aren't available, sometimes it's fun to do one of these um, and throw it out there, get you out of your comfort zone, and see what happens. Um, Barks County, good start to the season. Yeah, let's get down uh, to it. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I don't really, uh, you know, try and get try and let the results do the talking, Tom. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's been a good start. Boys, uh, we, look, we're just enjoying it. Like we did the same last year. We we had a good start, uh, an okay middle, uh, lost a few games, and naturally, like squads change and people move on because of X, Y, and Z or whatever. But then picked up towards the end. Um, we're just approaching it as uh, yeah, just enjoy it and see where it takes us. You've uh, you've certainly managed to pick up a goal scorer at the very least. Um, Nick Thumbwood, five goals in in one game at one point. He looks like he scored twelve in ten now. So yeah, I mean we're we're really blessed. We've got a really good squad. Like the whole squad is is a good squad for our level, and we're we're very blessed and we manage it well. And um, you know we like yeah him, Les, Luke, Sam, Ollie Brown, uh, Ollie Graham. We've got a really good group of a mix as well of like senior and young lads um yeah it's a good squad mate though it's hard it's hard um managing everyone and um yeah but it's good it's good we're enjoying it excellent it doesn't look like you're going to fill the uh the the one to ten goals ratio this year it's very much more normal score lines for Parks county but that probably speaks to the competitiveness of, of division one i guess yeah it's really like such a tough division to get out to get out of like um yeah, really tough division to get out. Sorry, I'm just seeing notifications pop up. Didn't expect that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, as a division, like you don't know what you're coming up against. Players can sign anyone, obviously, up until the end of March. Um, different teams have different relationships with teams at a higher level, so it's very much like step seven. Like um, you know, uh, what's the word? Where you uh, dual edging, for example, is yeah. a really big thing. Um, We've got a couple of teams in our division that are throwing a lot of money at it and making it really difficult. Um, just because, like, I think there was one lad that signed a contract this 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 week at another club because Amersham he's, Town. He's banging them in, yeah. He's scoring loads of goals, and I think they probably learnt from the Basingstoke thing where there was a young lad that got picked up and wasn't a contract, and away he goes, and you get nothing for it. So, yeah, I, I, it's... if we were in a similar situation, I think everyone, every club, would do the same, right? It's it's a really interesting one because I saw a lot. Of, I saw that tweet and I saw a lot of pushback um, yeah. about a player signing a contract at step six. But I, the reality is, you can sign a contract, and it might only be a five or a week. Mm. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But, but you sign a contract protected. and you have to you have to get paid for you have to get paid for that player to yeah. break that contract. It, I think it's it, really it, important to protect just protect assets. I think yeah. from what I remember, I think Bracknell did it with Seb. Uh, yes, but I was going to go back further than that because I was part of a group of four supporters that um, made that got Sam Barrett on a contract before <laughs> he went to Maidenhead United, and I think we were paying twenty pound each a month. Yeah, four of us paying that so that Sam had a contract with the full understanding. And, and Sam signed that contract, and I don't think I'm speaking out of term. And, and I think uh, Sam would 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 back this. Um, I think it, it was purely so that 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 Bracknell got something for Sam. It was never the intention to keep Sam yeah. there against his will. Yeah, it's not to tie um, them back or, or to hold people back at all. Like, yeah, it's just smart. <laughs> it's it's a way to get uh, it's a way to get something for that player. Um, when when they when they inevitably get picked up, of which there will be people looking at that lad, and especially now they made a big deal of him signing a contract. So, oh, hundred percent, um, they're not they're not silly. They're doing the right thing. I seem to remember in the in the old days. I say the old back when uh, back when I was a bit more around the Hellenic League. Um, I, th- I think there used to be uh, a list of contracted players that would get sent to to clubs higher up on request. Um, that was something that, that used to happen as well. I, I don't. That's only uh, hearsay. Uh, I, I can't say that for absolute certain. Mm-hmm. But I just remember. That. But so you know. So, but it, it doesn't seem an unreasonable thing to do. And that's a really interesting aspect of this podcast of being able to talk to you about that because the idea of having a contract uh, on, at step six in the outset seems ludicrous. Mm-hmm. But actually, we're saying maybe not such a terrible. No, idea. not at all. Um... Yeah, I mean, look at the players that have gone on from non-league clubs to go and produce, you know, at a higher level. Um, Connor Hall was at Ascot as a junior, was at Binfield as an even more junior. Um, I get slated for him not making my Allied Counties team. Like, it pops up every few years um, when he's when it sort of says he was at Binfield. Um, <laughs> his brother, his brother's obviously Newcastle. Yes. He was at Binfield. Like, there's, yeah. there's loads of 
players that come through those non-league routes. Let's let's just refer to the elephant in the room as well. That you know Neil could well be sitting in a in a a golden office had Max Kilman gone to <laughs> gone to Napoli. All of that's you know Neil Neil probably doesn't know. He's certainly not going to reveal whether there was a sell-on clause and how much it was. But let's for let's assume that there was. Um, you know that that would have been an awful lot of money, and and eventually still could, assuming that 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 sell-on clause is still part of his his contract. I have no idea, but but Neil, Neil, you can you know I'm not really asking you a question here, but but let's just say Maidenhead United could be could have been significantly better off off the back of a non-league footballer. Shall I um shall I do a bit of uh, avoidance with this one by pointing out one who's playing in the Premier League uh, and playing very well, uh, Matty Cash. Who yes. played Allied Counties football for Maidenhead as well, so that was yes. uh, that was one that got away um, <laughs> in terms of not putting someone on a contract. I mean, players develop at different levels, don't they? I, I don't recall yeah. getting to many or any Allied Counties games at the time, if I'm honest. That that youth team, sort of, yeah, that youth team was brilliant. Though, was good though. <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> I used to come up against them. Um, I was doing Binfields under 18s at the time. And when you got drawn against Maidenhead in the League Cup, because we were always south, we never got promoted uh, to the Prem. Yeah. We were always like second and Bracknell yeah. would come down and it was really hard. But um, yeah. when you get drawn Maidenhead United, you were like, oh, here we go. Like It's a yeah. very, very strong um, that academy group that Aaron used to run was was really good. Cause that, yeah, that was, that was that... a good crop. That was uh, you. You know, you you still see that that the, the grassroots non-league football around here is littered with brilliant players from that team. Mm. Um, you know, you see those names pop up all the time. Um, Etienne and, was good. Yeah, to, there was yeah. a few. There was brothers. One went on to play in my under twenty ones at Binfield for a while. Uh, hit the the forward, um, and his brother now plays for Hollyport, I think. Yes, uh, Jace, not JC. Fabian plays. Fabian, for yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, really good, good squad. Just an unreal squad. Um, yeah, good, good team. It was, good, they, it they, was a good crop. Yeah, they, 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 they did, uh, they did, they did very well. And as I say, they, they, they are the non-league is littered with players from that team. Um, Ellis, just before we let you go and we wrap up, uh, Humpty Paul Smithson said, uh, "I see George Gould is at Barks County. Good, solid player. Um, would you agree?" Or would yeah, you dig him, dig him out live? No, no, no. He's brilliant. Like George, we we made a few signs in the summer. We looked at bringing in a, a few more experienced heads. Like we have, we've got like historically we've had a really young side coming from either the players or groups of my black book of young players that have come through from when I was at Binfield or or whatever, and Simos at, at Bracknell. So we've got a good base of knowledge of like young players. Um, and over the last few years, in all like you know like i think five years ago maybe six years ago i don't think players of george's ilk would have signed for barts county i don't think they would have been that that pull um we've had a good couple of seasons in the division and it was like okay well how can we how can we improve and it's probably is a bit of experience and george has been around he was at windsor for a very long time um good leader solid defender um yeah good in dressing room professional he's, he's good <laughs> Or as professional as you can be at step six, you know. <laughs> we were just talking about the sort of professionalisation of of the lower leagues, and that does seem to that does seem to be something that's that's coming down um, more more and more. And um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I guess we will we will find out. It's <laughs> not a damn thing any any of us can do about it. So. Yeah. Um, on that happy note, I think we should probably wrap up there. Um, we've had a good hour having a chat. Um, we've had plenty of people joining in. We've had plenty of questions um, and some really interesting bits of bits and pieces and, and tidbits. I think it's tidbits. I like tidbits. Um, so we will wrap it up there. Ellis, thanks very much, mate. We'll let you get back to no work. See um, I'll get oh uh, just while Ellis, while Ellis is there just very quickly um, Ellis is the one we have to thank for all of our new designy flashy things um, he regularly sends me bits and pieces and I just run with it and hopefully it is all still within the spirit that you uh, you designed it so I'm really yeah those, mate. thank no, you it's good mate I really uh, it's nice to see well I enjoy it you know when you message me stuff and say what do you think of this <laughs> I go oh I'd like to do this to this and you say yeah okay cool so that's a nice way to work on it I've got another one for you later so uh, watch out yeah bring it over see you later. Cheers, Alice. Thanks, mate. Bye. 
Right, uh, Neil, it's time to wrap up and say goodbye. Um, thanks, everybody, for coming on. Um, our guest today, hopefully I can remember everybody, uh, Andrew Batt we had from Wokingham and Embrook. We had Jordan Blake from Woodley United. We've had Ellis Woods from Barks. And um, we've had Dan Walkley from Taddy Kaliva. And we've had Neil Maskell from Maidenhead United. And you've had me as your host, Tom Canning. Um, we will say... Uh, goodbye if you have enjoyed the podcast please subscribe if you've enjoyed watching the podcast subscribe on youtube you can subscribe across all of your various podcast channels and if you would like to send us a message or get in touch you can email us on podcast at footballinbarkshire.co.uk neil goodbye mate see you soon get well soon thanks for having me cheers mate thank you cheers everybody see you later This episode of Berkshire Football Stories was hosted by Tom Canning and featured guests Dan Walkley and Neil Maskell. We also welcomed Andrew Batt, Jordan Blake and Ellis Woods onto the episode. The podcast is produced by Tom Canning. The theme music is called Space Camp by Reading-based ukulele band Rocket Kings from the album Everyday Adventures and is available on Spotify. Find Football in Berkshire on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, YouTube and of course footballinberkshire.co.uk.